Of all the podcast topics we've tackled, nothing's really made me nervous until now. I'm feeling all sorts of anxious about this one. Here's why. We're recording this episode coming off one heck of a loss. Yes, I'm talking about hockey. St. Louis hosted its first Stanley Cup final game in nearly half a century on Saturday. And man, it was not pretty. Well, that was the first goal of the night for the Blues. They scored again in the third period, but it was far from enough to win. There was so much anticipation for this game, and it just, they laid an egg. Final score was 7-2. to two. And by the time this episode hits your feed, Game 4 will be decided. Will the Blues be singing Gloria just a few wins away from their first Stanley Cup victory? Or will we once again be singing that special tune of blues that only St. Louis hockey fans can really know? I don't even want to think about it. So instead, let's do some trash talking. It's Abby Eats St. Louis Sports Talk Edition. Boston, we were not going to go there, but we are also not going to let you throw those kind of punches without coming back fighting. After the shot heard round the St. Louis food world, we're dedicating this episode to firing back. What the folks at some little paper called the Boston Globe or something like that have to say about our tea wraps and how we're burning them right back. It tastes worse than it sounds. What happened when one of our town heavyweights jumped in? Sincerely, a proud St. Louisan. And why I'm declaring us the real winner of the food fight. See you in the penalty box. Debra First is a food writer and critic for the Boston Globe, but she turned her critical eyes toward our fair city for her recent article, Hey St. Louis, it's not just our hockey team that's better, it's our food too. Now despite totally ripping on St. Louis in that article, Ms. First declined to make herself available to chat with us. Apparently she can turn on the heat, but she can't stay in the kitchen long enough for us to cook her up some thin crust pizza, toasted ravioli, and a healthy serving of back talk. If you haven't read it, Actually, I do recommend you read it. It's really well written. Here are some highlights. She slams the toppings-focused Provel-covered thin-crust pizza that St. Louis is known for. So, okay, it's not everyone's thing. But Boston doesn't even have a specific style of pizza. I think that means we win. Next, she takes on toasted ravioli, which is hilarious because I really don't know anyone who's ever actually tried one and doesn't wind up eating the whole plateful. She tries to say that lobster ravioli is their better alternative. Now, not only can I get that from my local Trader Joe's, freeze it for a few weeks and boil it up just fine, they're like two totally different foods. So score for us for creativity. And then she actually praises us for our barbecue. Cool. But then Ms. First makes it clear she really hasn't even properly binged on St. Louis food because she goes after, get this, gooey butter cake. Like, really? She honestly tries to say Boston cream pie is better. Please. She concludes by giving us credit for actually liking our St. Louis-style foods. Because apparently Bostonians don't even really eat much of the stuff they're known for. How could she possibly say their food scene is better than ours? Oh, right. <sighs> the bagel thing. That stupid, not-actually-St.-Louis-style bagel thing. Well... Notwithstanding that viral moment where the sliced bagels from Breadco or Panera to the rest of the world made everyone think we don't have any grasp on geometry, I honestly take this article as a win. More on the bagel thing later, by the way. 
I wanted to ask a real expert his thoughts after he wrote a response in our local paper. Here's his conversation with producer Dory and me. I'm Dan Neiman. I'm the food writer at the Post-Dispatch. What does it mean to be a food writer? What's your job look like? I, I write about cooking and recipes. I'm not the restaurant guy. I'm the guy who spends all his days in the kitchen cooking away, burning myself and cutting my hands and then writing about it. Well, they, hopefully your hands heal a little bit before you take it, pen It's a good thing. It, well, I use a typewriter. It's a good thing we're in a <laughs> podcast and not like on television. You don't really you can see a, my hands. You, you should, don't really use a typewriter, do you? Uh, no, I use a computer. Did I say typewriter? You did say I type. I, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I use one of those manual computers. Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah. that's incredibly hipster and impressive of you. Go <laughs> yeah. Typewriter. It's steam-powered. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, okay, so we digress. So you are a food writer, so you're not a critic. Being a critic is not your job, and that kind of explains why you were able to talk about St. Louis food the way you did. You were kind of a cheerleader for it there. Um, yeah, well, sure. Someone has to stand up for St. Louis food. What hit you first when you read that Boston Globe? Piece? I was I was shocked. I was appalled. <laughs> I was horrified. I thought it was hilarious and brilliantly written. It was wonderfully. It was written. a really really yes, good piece. I'm yeah, not I, gonna lie. I'm like I want everyone in St. Louis to read this because I wonder how many people actually know the history behind some of our foods that she talked about there. Uh, yeah, there's a great history. Uh, but just as a professional, I thought, wow, I wish I thought of that first. But but she <laughs> came back. You came. I, back. Yeah, we came back, yeah, and uh, enjoyed it. That was one of the best things, one of the most fun things I've had to write. Boston has its strengths. St. Louis has its strengths. It's easy to pick on the weaknesses, so that's what I did. Scrod. Scrod. Scrod is their biggest weakness. You know, Boston is on the ocean. They have every conceivable seafood you could eat. And where they pick? They pick scrod, which sort of tastes like an oyster without any flavor. Ew, it's just, awful. It's just... It sounds like the word sounds. Exactly. And they often spell with an H, so it even tastes like a typo. Ew, yeah. that's... It's, uh, have you not had Scrod? No, I don't You should keep it that so. way. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. One story behind Scrod is that it was... They took what off, was off the top of the, fi- of the boats when they came in, which tended to be the smaller fish, and um, they just started cooking it up and called it Scrod, mm-hmm. and it didn't really matter which fish it was. All the hate for the cheese... That they've never even tried. Or the toasted ravioli. How can you hate a toasted ravioli? It's impossible to hate a toasted ravioli. Right, but they people get mad at us for that yeah. stuff. It's a fabulous bar food. Yes, and you stood up for that. You also stand up for gooey butter cake. Well, gooey place. butter cake, come on. That's one of the, the greatest inventions St. Louis has ever given to the world. And do you think the fact that so many of our inventions are an accident, as Ms. First calls it, <laughs> is a problem? Especially um, no. someone who spends so much time in the kitchen yourself. No, you should see my accidents. They don't work out as well as gooey butter cake. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I had actually noticed that too. That that two of our best things were were sort of mistakes. But that's how that's how creativity comes about. That's how you make things. I suspect that she's probably had gooey butter cake and liked it, and just thought mm-hmm. that the story behind it is kind of funny when you add it to the story behind toasted rav. Yeah, it's like how was theirs? I guess theirs might be considered more intentional because they. Our Boston is formed by people who literally decided to leave another country and come to others. I guess there's some intentionality behind that. But yeah, they, there was intentionality behind it, but then when they got here, they ate scrod. Yeah, <laughs> and they haven't really developed a ton since then. I, I was, <laughs> no. was going to say, one of my takeaways from the article was that they don't really have a, a much of a food identity there like we do. Well, they sort of do. The seafood. Get the lobster. They have the best lobster I've ever had in my life okay. in Boston. So you will give them some credit. For absolutely, them. absolutely. Their their seafood is is impeccable. Just the fact that they're so close to the ocean. I mean, they got hundred percent. Yeah, we're in the we're in the flyover country. <laughs> they're they're right there, and the ships come in, and they yeah. dump them right on the docks, and you 
just the, the restaurants pick them up on the docks and take them up and cook them. It's great. Sometimes we have to stand up for ourselves as a food. We don't town. have to stand up for ourselves. We shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, we do. We shouldn't have to. Exactly. But we often wind up saying, "Wait, St. Louis, don't forget about us. We have great food." Um, you know, do you feel like there's that kind of pride from what you understand when you travel to Boston? No. no. Especially no, it's, as an educated it's, eater. It's just, you know, it's what they eat. They, then, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. And, and I wouldn't say there's a, well, maybe you would say, there's a, is there a St. Louis pride in the food we eat here? Maybe there is. I think so. I think so, and for sure. And that's another thing that Dory and I have talked about before, just during the podcast conversations, but then also in anecdotally, we find something and we fiercely stick to it. <laughs> yes, that that is it. That is our trait. Yes, that is a very St. Louis thing. Is yeah. we're like, no, and this very, is how we're going to eat it, and very defensive about it too. If anybody tries to attack us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think that's a Midwestern thing. Yeah, but what we have is meat. Boston has seafood. We have meat. If you want to, if you want a lobster, go to Boston. If you want barbecue, if you want steak, if you want sausage, come here. Yeah. So. I absolutely hate talking about this, but we're going to have to. Good, let's talk about it. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to open this room. This is going to be my therapy session here with you, Dan. The sliced bagel thing drove me up the wall. I had never heard of bagels sliced that way before before that came out. It's not. I'm going to say this for the record right now. It is not a St. Louis thing. It is a St. Louis bread company slash Panera thing because I have a friend whose sister worked there in Indianapolis years ago Mm -hmm. and people would come in and slice their bagels like that all the time. It's one of those things that I think is very typical of people who judge St. Louis items is they knock it before they try it. Mm -hmm. They think it looks ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. So they don't want to try it. And I think that's oh, okay. Slicing a bagel like that—that's ridiculous. It's, have you? You <laughs> have liked tried it. it. I haven't tried it. No. Okay, so here's the big. The bottom line is, you get more cream cheese, and it's easier for children. Flavor that's, variety. That's you the thing. It's, 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 I don't have. I don't have children. Yeah. I was never a child myself. Mm, and uh, <laughs> and and I, I yeah I, I assume that's why you do it is for children. Make yeah. it easier for them. Or to just try a little bit here and there. And that's stuff what like I like. That. Yep. But. Nonetheless, if somebody said, like, you know, that's a St. Louis-style thing, it surprises you, who is a food writer at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So I think that was an unfair characterization of a St. Louis-style I would agree. Going back to the article here, you know, it was funny. It's all in good fun. I mean, you guys have tweeted at each other back and forth. But, you know, just to put a pin on the whole conversation about food identities in different towns— do you think that St. Louis is particularly defensive? Do you think we have a good dog in the food fight, if you will? I just mix metaphors. But we'll go <laughs> I like the idea of dogs having a food fight. That though. sounds That's... like my dog's dream. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think St. Louis has some really magnificent food, uh, native foods. I, I think Ted Drew's frozen custard may be the best, one of the, well, one of the very best frozen desserts I've ever had. Um, I think Red Hot Riplets are just unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, our barbecue is as good as any I've had anywhere else. Um, and there are other things that are escaping me right now. And and those, yeah, we absolutely have some really wonderful stuff here, and we should be very proud of it. So, well, if- we, sh- we shouldn't be proud of it because that's one of the seven deadly sins. We should we should <laughs> enjoy it. 
Well, isn't another one of the seven deadly sins gluttony? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do have that, too. We indulge so in a we, lot. I was going to say, I'll we, take pride in gluttony for this one. We get at least two of the seven. So that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got some feedback from some readers, um, from people who, I don't know if they don't have a sense of humor or they're a little bit too fiercely proud. Uh, <laughs> that happens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a Midwestern thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, learning that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, uh, just go out and enjoy St. Louis food. All right. And Boston, if you go to Boston. Yeah. And you know what? We can enjoy Boston as a city without them beating us in the Stanley Cup final. Yes. Especially if they don't. I would like Boston. I think Boston food tastes best when it's served by losers. Yes. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dan. I Thank you for having me. It. One thing for some highbrow food writers to smack talk us, but I wanted to know what folks roaming the Boston streets would have to say. So I called up a group that leads food tours through Boston. I'm Darlene Gagnon, and I'm uh, the owner of Yummy Walks, which is a food tour company in Boston. I've been a tour guide for about 30 years, and people from all over the world and all over the United States, one of the first things they always ask is, where can I get the best seafood and chowder? That's kind of one of the first things you think about. I think about Cream pie, baked beans, chowder. Is that kind of a fair assessment with Boston food? That is a fair assessment, yeah. But there's a lot of other foods from New England uh, that have a history in this area of Boston that people might not think of right away. Like what? Well, Indian pudding. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh Uh-uh. That's a, a real New England food, and you really can't get it anywhere else um, but in New England, especially Boston. And cornbread, that's another thing. There's a lot of things that came from the pilgrims. We make pretty um, good cornbread here in St. Louis, too. <laughs> you? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, with the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the foods that you would associate with Thanksgiving, you know, that the uh, Native Americans um, taught the pilgrims how to make. The baked beans, Boston cream pie, of course. Um, there's all the clams, lobsters, cranberries. So is it, because sometimes I think people think about the food of a certain area. Like you go to London and everybody thinks they need fish and chips or whatever. Yeah. And you go to Japan, yeah. everybody thinks there's sushi everywhere. But sometimes when you get there, it's a little different on the ground. Are these really the type of foods that people in Boston eat on a regular basis? Um, we love Indian pudding, but it takes so long to make it that the only time we get it is in a restaurant. It's just like an all-day process to, to cook it. What's that um, process like? I'm, not, I'm still not sure I can really yeah, picture it's that. It's made with cornmeal and molasses and, and milk. You have to keep stirring it until it sort of um, it has the right consistency, and it just takes hours on the stovetop to do that. And then they serve it with, usually with ice cream. It's a hot, like, kind of pudding. Hmm. And, you know, some places serve it with whipped cream. Um, so historic restaurants in Boston would serve that. You know, the other things, like clam chowder, lobster bisque, we would never make that at home, just, you know. It's a lot. We're <laughs> just lazy or something. But, you know, if we go out, um, we always order, like, as an appetizer, clam chowder. That's almost every 
restaurant's menu. Um, I keep noticing you say chowder and not chowda. I thought we all, I thought you were supposed to say chowda. I don't know. <laughs> well, Boston accent, I don't really have that, I would say, even though I've been here, like, my whole life. Um, <laughs> there's certain parts of Boston where that accent is really prevalent. Um Oh, I grew up here, and I don't have a St. Louis accent. You do have an accent to me, but I don't know what it is. Do I really? That's interesting. A lot of times, too, being from St. Louis, I go to other places, and I say, hey, we have a really good food scene here. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that it's your job to literally take people around the food scene in Boston, but, you know, in your travels and going other places, how would you compare Boston's food scene to other cities? Well, I think it's evolved a lot you know, in the last even 10 years. So now we have a lot of, you know, like so-called celebrity chefs, you know, that are opening restaurants. There's been a lot of revitalization of of Boston and especially the seaport area, which was like a wasteland 20 years ago. And now it's probably like, you know, the most hip kind of place around Boston. So there's tons of new restaurants that have come in, Um, you know, even in the last like three even now they're still opening, but, you know, in the last, like, say, three years. And the thing about Boston is is that the old standbys are still there, like places that have been there for, you know, centuries. So there's, you know, still the old restaurants and now a lot of new restaurants coming in. That is something cool about Boston is you can go there and eat in a building that's older than our entire city. Sometimes that's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, like, uh, you know, one of the places that's still thriving is the Union Oyster House. It's the oldest continuously run restaurant in the United States. Is it a tourist trap, though? I feel like I'd worry that a lot of the old standbys have become tourist traps at this point. I don't really think so, no. I mean, a lot of tourists go there, but I don't think it's a tourist trap. Um, Right next door to it is the Bell and Hand Tavern, which is um, one of the oldest taverns in the United States. I know that St. Louis has a lot of beer history, but... <laughs> How's your beer scene there, I mean, besides yeah. Sam Adams? Well, we have Sam Adams, and they brew a special beer that's not sold anywhere else um, and is served at the Bell and Hand. So that's, like, something interesting that people can do when they come to Boston is try that. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on the St. Louis food scene? I know you read that Boston Globe article. You're not... You've not yeah. traveled here well, and eaten never, much, but what are your thoughts just first glance? Well, I've never been to St. Louis. You know, and the only thing I really know about it is barbecue. But I did read the article, and, like, I didn't, like, some of the things weren't appealing to me that they talked about. Like what? Well, toasted or fried ravioli. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. It's so good. <laughs> See, here in Boston, you could get love ravioli, you know, with lobster in it. That sounds more appealing to me. And what was the other thing I read about? Oh, butter cake? Is that what it? Gooey butter was? cake. But oh, doesn't all cake have butter in it? Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> think so. After you try a gooey butter cake, you're like, wow, this must be all of the butter that doesn't go in all the other cakes just right here on top. It's quite sweet. So you, you cut into it and it just oozes out butter? It's not melted. It's a texture. It still has a cake. It's just kind of dense. It's very mm-hmm. it's very moist. It's um, really, really sweet. And sometimes it has powdered sugar on it, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to explain. I've never really had to explain gooey butter cake to anybody, actually now that I think about it. But it sounds weird to you, huh? It does. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I, I would rather have a Boston cream pie than. You know what? Which is, which is cake, not pie. But that is true. And I, you know what? I'm not even going to call you out on that because our toasted raviolis are fried, not toasted. So. It's uh-huh. all it's all in the name. I'll leave. I'll let you guys have that one <laughs> okay. if we can have this one. So I are you known for pizza? Because I saw a picture of of St. Louis pizza there. Have you heard of St. Louis style pizza by chance? No. So it's really thin. This is a fun little exercise for me, by the way, trying to explain mm-hmm. the foods that I'm just so used to eating. But it's quite thin, cracker thin crust. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times it has this type of cheese on it called Provel cheese which is more, it is more of a processed white cheese. It's a little thicker than mozzarella, but it's more toppings oriented. It's more about what you have on the pizza rather than like the crust. You know, it's the anti-Chicago style, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Does that sound at all appealing to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not the cheese part doesn't sound. I can't imagine having that kind of cheese on pizza, but <laughs> I can say um, that Boston actually has the number one pizza by TripAdvisor this year in the north end is it boston style though it is um from regina's pizza and they've been in boston since the 1920s using the same brick oven that they have since you know the inception of the restaurant and it's just you know like uh, it's in the crust let's say and it's from the you know using that old oven but it's regular pizza there's no you know has mozzarella in it's not different than than any other kind of regular pizza that you would have. But. See, we like to have our own kind of style here in St. Louis. We like to mix it up a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, that is mixing it up. So I, two things as we kind of wrap up our conversation here. One, okay. do you think you would try St. Louis-style food before you knock it in an article? Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, I don't want to knock something I haven't <laughs> tried. <laughs> I would try the toasted ravioli. The pizza, I'm not too sure about. I would definitely try the barbecue. Oh, well, yeah, nobody's nobody's arguing with our barbecue. We've got pretty good stuff here. And, you know, the final thing I was just going to say is that I'm very tempted to trash talk right now, okay, because we've got a big hockey final that we're in the middle of. But here's the thing about... St. Louis style food is it's we're in the Midwest and we're very nice here. So I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you so much for your time, darling. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And one day I'll get to St. Louis and try the food there. And so as I admitted, I'm nice. Usually. Well, at least maybe too nice for this trash talk thing. I told you guys when I started this food podcast that I'm no critic. But my colleague Mike Bush, longtime evening news anchor here at Five on Your Side, rebounded with a response of his own. Dear Boston, just leaving after a fabulous trip to your fair city. We had great weather, which was pretty lucky because I hear it snows there about nine months out of the year. Only had time for a couple of meals and I was told to order a lobster roll. I'm no food critic, but shouldn't a lobster roll have some lobster? $30 for celery seemed kind of pricey. They're much better in Maine. By the way, happened to drive by City Hall. I hope you fired the architect. Traffic was pretty bad. That was somewhat surprising considering you've spent more on highway construction than any city in U.S. history. Your sports teams have had a great deal of success lately. I'm a big fan of Tom Brady, but did I see something about Robert Kraft in the papers? And how about the Red Sox? They now have nine world championships. Two more and they'll catch the Cardinals. Is it true you once traded Babe Ruth? Thanks for your hospitality, Boston. 
but I'm looking forward to getting home if I ever get out of this traffic. Sincerely, a proud St. Louisan. Not only did Mike get out of the traffic, he got back home and smashed some Lions choice. So no matter what happens with the Stanley Cup final, win or, you know, the alternative, I think I'll happily stay planted here in the loo, and you can pry my emos from my cold, ice-hockey-loving hands. Enjoy yourselves, Boston, for the love of Scrod. Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. Executive producer and person who tells me I can't do every story faking an accent is Dory Almos. Our theme music is by Olivier Renoir, Jerome Fabi, and Pierre Dubost. Thanks to Yummy Food Tours and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We'll be back Friday with another quick bite to preview the weekend's events. Join our conversation on Instagram at Abby Eats St. Louis because we want to hear from you. What do you eat when you're watching the blues? What sick burn would you lay on the Boston food scene? And what do you think people get wrong about ours? And let us know about the food news you're curious about. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and rate. And until we meet again, seize the plate and the cup. <laughs>